0: Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. And we're live, so we're live. And I hope that if you've never visited the church next door, that you would come, come and join us. We would love to have you come down and say hello. But today, today is just a time to... Ah, take a deep breath. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at the kitchen sink doing dishes. Maybe you're on that treadmill, or maybe you're driving those kids back and forth to school right now. But wherever you're at, why don't we just take a deep breath, and let's say a quick prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you for this day, the busyness, the hecticness, but we invite you into this time. Help us, Lord, to think about you, and help us to learn more about your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo. Well, I tell you what, we are studying the book of Ruth, and we're right in the middle of it. We've done so many lessons, and they're, they're going through these has uh, small groups at the church next door. So if you want to be a part of one of those groups, just let me know. Go to jennifer-jackson.org, and if you send me an email, I'll send you the download, the download of the lessons of Ruth. But today, we are in chapter 4, and there's so much to cover, yet the previous episode, we were talking about the winnowing of the wheat. I don't know if you remember that. We were talking about how our professor taught us how to winnow wheat in Israel, and I was thinking about, what are you making for dinner? <laughs> I don't know if you have that recipe for pimento cheese bread that sounded so good to me tonight. So maybe it's time to make some bread at some point while you're in the middle of the book of Ruth, and I have that recipe for you. It's the pimino cheese braided bread. It has all that good wheat that we're supposed to be dieting from, but we're not, right? And it's so good. It's so good. Remember, Jesus is the bread of life. So anyway, if you want to get that recipe, just go to jennifer-jackson.org, and you can get a copy of that. But today, we want to talk about Ruth. And we're in chapter 4. What is going to be our verse of the day? Well, it's actually, we're going to back up. Ruth 3.15 is our verse of the day. And this is Boaz. And he also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. And when she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. And then he went to town. I know, that's kind of a funny verse of the day. But this is is what's happening right now. Ruth has been at that threshing floor. Boaz was winnowing the wheat. That's what we talked about on yesterday's show. And here here she is in total obedience to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She is at Boaz's feet. He has covered her with the bottom of his coat. And basically, this is a marriage proposal. Ruth was pretty bold, wasn't she? So she's kind of like asking Boaz to marry her. But I love this verse because he says, give me your shawl. So basically, he says, come on, come on, you've got to get, get home before the sunlight because we don't need people to know that you were here at the threshing floor. But even though it was very pure, and so she, he pours all of this grain into her shawl, For her to carry home to Naomi. So now she has proposed to Boaz. I don't know about you, but I'm a hopeless romantic. And this is the really juicy part of Ruth in chapter three. So there she is. She's proposed. And he is so excited about it. My personal opinion, I think he's falling in love. I really do. Because why? Verse of the day. The first thing he does is he runs to town. He was excited. Uh Uh-huh. I'm reading between those lines, but I think he was excited. I've just been proposed to by a very wonderful woman. And that is the truth. We know so much about her personality through her character. And he already knew that, didn't he? He'd been watching her. She worked hard. She worked long hours. She was honorable. She was blessing her mother-in-law. You know, when Naomi was still a bit bitter even after Ruth started gleaning. And Ruth would go home to Naomi and and bring these extras because Boaz gave her leftovers. He would feed her lunch and give her leftovers. And, And Naomi's hope started rising, and that was because of Ruth's good character. And so Ruth had that faith, and together they were just growing and growing and growing. And so here Boaz, he goes to the gate And I love it because, you know, in Israel, if you ever go to Israel with us, there is still to this day a mud brick gate from the time of Abraham. It's in the city of Dan. And the gate is very important because at the gate is where all the decisions are made. At the gate is where they do legal matters. If you remember Deborah, she held court. You know, they they held court at the gate. And Ruth was written during the time of the Judges. Deborah ruled under the time of the judges. You have all of this happening. The, during the time of the judges, it was a, there was a moral decline in the nation. And so this is what is happening during the book of Ruth. Well, there's one thing you wonder, so why does Boaz run to the gate? Well, Ro- Boaz runs to the gate because he has to make an actual legal transaction to get to marry her. And he has one small problem. There's someone that is closer, a closer relative to Ruth, well, to Naomi, than he is. And so he wants to redeem her, but he has to double-check first because he has to have a legal right. So we want to look at that. And that will be in, let's see here, <laughs> in Ruth chapter 4. Let's look at this. So then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. That was Naomi's husband, if you remember. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, do so. He's saying this to the guy. But if you will not tell me, So I will know, for no one has the right to do it except for you. And I'm next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Bummer. Oh, man, we're so close. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, then I can't redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You do it yourself. I cannot do it. Whew. Close call. It got a little too too much responsibility. What's really funny here is that the other redeemer, his name is uh, so-and-so in Hebrew. <laughs> I think that's really funny. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he, here we go. In Hebrew, his name was Peloni al but it actually means so-and-so. So the other guy was just so-and-so. And we're so glad that he didn't win, because we wanted Boaz to win, didn't we? Why did we want Boaz to win? Because he had such good character. And we looked at that on one of the previous shows, all the character of Boaz. And Boaz is symbolic as a redeemer of how Christ Redeemed us and that is the most amazing thing about this story. So we don't want to rush past that because the symbolism of Boaz redeeming Ruth is the same symbolism of Christ redeeming your life and my life. And I love this Boaz He not only redeemed Ruth, he redeemed Naomi, he redeemed the family estate. It was costly, it was expensive. He did so, when he covered all of their expenses, he he brought their level of shame. He he took them out of shame and lifted them up. You know, and that's what Christ does for us. So Boaz, whoo, he was really incredible. Let's keep going. So it says in Ruth uh, 4, 6, the kinsman redeemer says, well, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. So redeem it yourself. I can't do it. So now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to another. This method was legalizing the transaction in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. So then, Boaz, he announces to the elders and to all the people, well, today you are my witnesses. And, you know, I imagine this. This was not, you know, we think, oh, it was just the ten elders and Boaz. Probably not. I think that the, the buzz around this had been building because the, the women are getting excited. Everybody's getting excited. I just can imagine that they're at the gate, and everybody's, like, holding their breath, just waiting to see. Is he going to get it? Is he gonna, you know, are they going to get married? Are they going to get married? But anyway, okay, back to the Scripture. So today, you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. Wow, that's expensive. I've also acquired Ruth, the Boabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead and his property so that his name will not disappear from among the family or the town records. And today, you are the witnesses. So the closed-mouth reporting, this is... This is not the Bible verse. We finished with that. But the closed mouth reporting of Boaz's announcement makes us want to shout victory, doesn't it, with Boaz? It's so exciting. He He was so dignified, and he did everything right. What an example to us. He followed everything properly. He did everything in the right order. He honored God, and he paid all of those debts. So let's look at some ways that Christ redeemed us, right? Well, God, he made himself our kinsman redeemer by becoming flesh. He became Christ. (laughs) He sent his only son to redeem us. God did that for us. He sent a personal redeemer. He did what we couldn't do for ourselves. God bought us back, See, Ruth couldn't do that on her own. There was nothing she could do on her own. She did her part. She worked hard. But ultimately, only Boaz really helped her to pay those debts. You know, he poured out his blood for our sins. He restores your family name. He gives you an inheritance among the children of God. In one transaction on the cross, Jesus gave us our inheritance. And all who receive Jesus as Savior are redeemed. He's our Redeemer. So why don't we pray today? There's so much here, isn't there? I don't know if you want God to redeem a broken place in your heart. Maybe you need him to redeem your provisions. You, You need provision. He's a Redeemer. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are our kinsman Redeemer. You come and you save our lives. You heal our hearts. You take us from a broken, destitute place, and you give us hope. We love you, and we invite that into our life today. In Jesus' name, amen.